How you get so much favor on your side? Accept the measure, Lord and Savior, I replied. What's going on guys? Welcome back to the channel. This is just another critic. We're getting into my post-game thoughts from the 2020 National Championship game where LSU was able to close out arguably the greatest season we've ever seen in college football history, finishing the year 15-0. And these guys did it the hard way. They did it arguably the hardest way possible, beating seven AP top 10 opponents, that including the top four AP preseason poll in Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, and Oklahoma. And I believe the average margin of victory was 21 points, something like that, which is just ridiculous. Then coming into this matchup with Clemson, right, who is the number one defense in the country, and they have one of the best red zone defenses in the country. You combine that with arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country with some of the best recruits in, you know, the college scene. And we saw that early on in the game, right, where LSU was... I mean, backed up in terrible field position, right? Within their own 10, having to find their way out in their first and second possessions. And right off the jump, Brett Venables sent some disguised pressures and really made it tough on the offensive line for LSU to really pick up and verify who was coming with all the guys crowded at the line of scrimmage. And essentially, they just didn't get off to their best start combined with in my opinion, it looked like there was some nerves on the field for LSU, which is expected, right? Playing in your first national championship game for every single one of these guys. And we saw that right through the missed blocks. We saw that through the drop balls early on in the game. And Joe Burrow, some of his passes weren't coming out nearly as clean as we've seen them throughout the season. Clemson, on the other hand, they settled in pretty quickly, right? They've been here before. They have experience. And so we saw that on full display early on with Trevor Lawrence, T. Higgins. Some of these guys were hooking up downfield. They were moving the ball and they went up, right? 17 to 7. And once LSU got that first touchdown, that's where I said, okay, now they're settling in. I was tweeting it out. These guys need to settle in. These guys need to settle in. And once that happened, and once you started seeing Joe Burrow start to calm down, start to get back into his, you know, his groove or whatever you want to call it, that's when you started to see the defense, right? Feed off of his confidence, feed off of his, you know, demeanor. And, and that's just what Joe Burrow does, right? He, he brings that to the team. He sets the tone for the team. And that's what he's done all season long. And we saw that as he started to settle in, so did the defense. The defense started making plays. They started getting to the quarterback. You just saw that defense start to fight, right? And even though they're losing maybe some one-on-one -on -one battles at the line of scrimmage, they got back up. Even after they got thrown down, they got back up and finished the play. Just a lot of effort plays out there by LSU's defense uh, late in the second quarter. That led to the Clemson punt, which essentially set up LSU in terrible field position, right? Starting at their five, they then drove the ball 95 yards. But along that drive, there was two opportunities for, I guess, you know, Clemson to get off the field, right? The main one with the third and 19, where really, man, they just kind of shot themselves in the foot. They got lost in coverage. Somebody missed their assignment with uh, Terrence Marshall. He got loose behind the defense and the pass interference was called. Now, with that said, if that ball is thrown accurately by Joe Burrow, that's going to be a touchdown, right? He had acres of space. Nobody was left in the secondary. So he was gone if that ball was led correctly. But hey, it is what it is. They ended up scoring on that drive, throwing a touchdown to Thaddeus Moss, the guy who I thought coming into this matchup would be critical not only throughout the game, but especially in the red zone, right? Him as well as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. 
Edwards Hilaire really didn't get nearly as much touches because the matchup with AJ Terrell and Jamar Chase was just so fruitful, man. He was basically winning all his one-on-one matchups. Um, Terrell wasn't getting a lot of help over the top and they took advantage of that, right? We saw Jamar Chase go for two big time plays and then in the red zone, just threw a quick fade to the back of the the back corner of the end zone and he caught that easily I mean he was just dominating that matchup for most of the day and he was a big reason LSU was able to to get going right and find their rhythm in that first half now going into the second half knowing LSU is going to get the ball if they can you know start fast on that drive get going close it out with a touchdown or some type of points that is you know essentially sticking the dagger deeper and deeper into Clemson but no Clemson was able to get a stop force a punt and really with in you know a minute or so it was just a real quick three and out for LSU forced them to punt and Clemson went on to score a touchdown now the score is 28 to 25 people are thinking whoa is Clemson about to do it again right are they about to pull back another one are they they about to pull off another comeback if anyone can do it this Clemson team is built to do it but that was not gonna be the case that night right that was not gonna be the case in the Superdome versus the team of destiny playing in Louisiana After that early touchdown by Clemson in the third quarter, here's how the rest of their possessions went. We had a punt, another punt, another punt, and another punt. And to finish the game, a fumble. And throughout those five possessions, not once did they get back into LSU territory. So this defense, who was heavily criticized throughout the season, right? Even by me, right? I, I, I didn't think they were playing their best football by any means. We saw them continue to trend up, right? Starting from the A&M game, 50-7. Then another dominant performance versus Georgia. Then another dominant performance versus Oklahoma, right? And then coming into this matchup versus Clemson, where the injuries that kind of hindered them throughout the season, it was just kind of an up and down season as far as who was able to play in certain games. Now, coming into this game versus Clemson, at arguably the healthiest they've been throughout the year, I believe they put on the best performance of the season versus the best opposition that they've seen throughout the season. And just looking at it, man, looking at that last stretch, right? How they closed out the game with four punts and a fumble. That's just insane. That's just stepping up to the plate. There's a whole crap ton of hyperboles that we can throw in there, right? It was just a great performance by that defense. But with all that being said, what I will say about Clemson is that I think they went away from what was working for them. And that was handing the ball to ETN. Now, even though there were certain you know occasions where LSU was stuffing them, But for the most part, he was having a night, right? Every time he touched the ball, he was going for about five yards at least. And every time he caught or ran the ball, he was getting yards after contact, yards after catch, all that stuff, right? He was making plays for Clemson and he was running hard as hell because obviously there's a little bit of bad blood there. He was recruited by LSU. He's from Louisiana. And the way that he decided to make his commitment to Clemson with the whole Death Valley thing, there was some bad blood there, right? But he was having a phenomenal performance whenever he was uh, given the ball. He was making plays. And I thought this game needed to be more about Travis Etienne than it was about Trevor Lawrence for Clemson, right? I think they needed to feed him, keep the momentum in his hands, right? Because he was driving this team. He was giving them life. Obviously, Clemson decided to stick to their guns and stick with their quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, where he eventually went 18 for 37. That's 48%, I believe, roughly, finishing with a QBR of 38.1. So he went 18 for 37, 234 through the air, no touchdowns, no interceptions. 
and somehow people were surprised by this and to be quite honest if you follow my channel or you follow me for any little bits you know this isn't something that surprised me because I, it's something that i've talked about early in not only last year's off season coming off of that national championship game versus alabama which is where the narrative started right the greatest quarterback in college football the greatest this the greatest that did you see how he shredded that alabama defense da 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 and when I went back and reviewed that game, watched his throws, most of the throws that he had to make weren't really crazy throws, right? They weren't into crazy tight windows. For the most part, it was to wide open guys with great separation or in a busted coverage by an injury prone Alabama defense who really hadn't been playing their best football by any means, right? This wasn't a typical Alabama defense that he shredded up, right? And statistically, he had a phenomenal game. But if you go back and review the throws, it, he wasn't making a lot of tough throws. So, I'm not going to hate on him or beat him down for making those throws because he's just doing his job. But I'm also not going to praise him for making simple throws that I believe other great quarterbacks around the country could have made. Now, don't get it twisted. I think he's a very talented quarterback. I think he's got all the tangibles. Now he just needs to put it all together, right? He's still very young. It's obvious he has a very high ceiling. Um, and sure, maybe he can end up being the greatest college football quarterback. But with the season that Joe Burrow just had, that's going to be a bit tougher than it was. Overall, his struggles in this game, like I said, didn't surprise me. I think that was a combination of LSU being able to play mistake-free football, right? Defensively, they just stayed disciplined to their assignments for most of the game. They also found different ways to get pressure to Trevor Lawrence. And if you look at his throughout his career, Trevor Lawrence has struggled against pressure, right? He's not completing nearly as much passes under pressure. And when he wanted to leave the pocket and run, like I talked about, that wasn't going to be nearly as big of a factor because of how athletic these LSU linebackers are, right? Lawrence was able to break a few five, six, seven yarders, but nothing big, right? Nothing, you know, substantial as he did against Ohio State. Like he gashed them up going for over 100 yards in the rushing game. In this game, he went for 49 on 10 carries. But hey, that's a very good job and a very good uh, stat line considering what he did against Ohio State. As far as what LSU was able to do offensively, to be quite honest, if you listen to my prediction, man, they did what I thought they'd do, right? I thought nothing that they did throughout the regular season would be stopped in this game. We saw it a season ago. Bama moved the ball versus this defense. LSU was inevitably going to move the ball versus this defense. The only question was whether or not they were going to be able to finish in the red zone. And in the lead up, talking about this matchup, I talked about how LSU was built to finish in the red zone because of how different their skill position players are, right? They're not built on speed and agility. While they still have those attributes, the bigger part of their game is how physical they are at the line of scrimmage or how physical they are in one-on-one -on -one matchups, right? And we saw that on full display, right? Thaddeus Moss going for two touchdowns, a guy who I thought would be a big factor in the red zone. We saw Jamar Chase catch one in the corner of the end zone. We saw uh, Joe Burrow go for one, right? Another thing that they needed to account for, which is going to be tough when you're trying to cover these other guys in 1v1 matchups. So Joe Burrow got one, Thaddeus Moss got two, Jamar Chase got one. They just converted very well in the red zone, which where I thought the game was going to be won and lost. And obviously LSU was able to convert on every single one of their red zone trips and finish the game out 42 to 25. All there's left to say, congratulations to LSU, the 2020 national champs. 
congratulations to Coach O. Congrats to Joe Burrow on a historic season and really a season that we're going to be talking about for a long time. And uh, I'm not sure if there's anyone out there that's going to be able to break those records, man. This was this was a season to remember. Um, but yeah, as always, guys, appreciate for listening. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. If you got anything to add, anything to drop, uh, hit them in the comments. Hit me up on social media. All the links are in the description. Uh, have a great rest of your day, evening, or night. This is Just Another Critic signing off. Peace. His light shine the brightest in the dark. Single mothers know they get my heart.